Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were very lucky to be joined by Fatboy Slim, Norman Cook. It's true, he was on good form talking about uh, fake crowd noise. Yeah, he wants, to, he wants to play his part in the world of fake crowd noise. Uh, Thomas Turner joined us. We've just been talking to Darren Bent uh, about uh, the trainer market. He's massively into it, he's a collector. So he enjoyed that chat, so hopefully you, you will too. Yeah, big, big set of bonus. We had a normal uh, Martin Kellner and, the, uh, and Mike Ward talking about uh, sport on TV yeah. and regular TV. That's right, we had a bit of a chat. Here it all is. <laughs> Paul and uh, I, I started watching that game last night. Which one? The Arsenal Arsenal Liverpool game. Yeah. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Brentford game. If only they played like that at Wembley. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And uh, Ben Rama looked like a bloke who was uh, in a shop window to me. Yes, I think so. Played out of his skin. Well, didn't I he? think there's a few Palace are interested in West Ham are interested in. Yeah. You know, so how many more players can Palace have like that though? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not they're going to stop playing sweet Georgia Brown when they run out. <laughs> Andros and Wilf. And Ben, you can't have too many players who play like that. No, I suppose really. not. But uh, you know, uh, I still think they've got a good chance tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised to see Van Dijk and Salah playing, and despite the second strings, there's quite a lot of quality. And until it just basically fizzled out a bit, really, I got bored. So I, know, I always know when I'm watching a game, I start consulting social media. But I switched over for the cricket, fortunately, just for the final ball. Oh yeah, and knots needed two from the last ball. And uh, they played the ball for unfortunately for a one, and the Leicester player just went straight through his legs, and they ran for two. Honestly, oh, for, no. you really felt for them. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd like to say what a great finals day it's going to be because it is always a brilliant yeah. day at Edgbaston, but uh, there's going to be nobody there, and no. it's going to rain all day. So, but it is mm. October the third tomorrow. So I know you can understand you why. Really, it might yeah, be exactly. Uh, James Milner, that was his 743rd game. Um, oh. Still way off the leading appearances, and goalies are in six of the top ten. I started, as you can tell, I was bored. Yeah. So I found out that Shabby in 2014, um, he attempted 2,799 passes with a 95% success rate. Right. But in 19 games, his expected goals was nil. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
That's, you blummy, you were bored. I was so bored with that what game. What else did you get up to during the match? <laughs> well, uh, I did come up with a new nickname for my wife because... OK. She, is that she, a good idea? Well, it is. She loves it. Depends a, what it is. She loves a kip and she's always falling asleep and staying for a couple of hours. I, I now call her Kipper Aretha Balaga. <laughs> <laughs> You have she to likes... get her a shirt with Kipper on the back of it. <laughs> she likes. Well, watching... I'll get her a night dress with Kipper on the back of it. <laughs> oh, very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> she. Um, what a thought. She was <laughs> watching. Bit off putting. <laughs> watching her iPad in bed. While, oh yeah. While I while I'm recharging. Don't take us into the boudoir, Andy. It's a place. <laughs> it's a place we don't really want to go. <laughs> Whilst I'm recharging for another show. Oh, okay. You're That's recharging what, I do. what? Between shows, I just recharge. Is that, <laughs> I plug you into the mains, do they? It, yeah. Um, Been dead for 15 years. This, this one was interesting. A jawless fish from 400 million years ago mm. is man's earliest ancestor, according to new research. And I was thinking, I bet Bruce Forsyth and Jimmy Hill wouldn't have agreed with that. <laughs> We're not related to a chinless fish. <laughs> well, I never knew that, Andy. What a, useful, what a useful fact that is. Sir David Attenborough is one of a new breed of senior social influencers. Oh, what about that? So I could be a cross between Clive Dunn and Zoella. I could be the new... You could be, yeah. Oh, yeah Little tips, tips for people of your age. <laughs> I mean, the way that sort of Zoella's uh, kind of... Mm. Uh, she knows her market. She knows what her followers are interested in. What would, what would kind of your followers be interested in? Support hose. <laughs> Being curmudgeonly <laughs> yeah, yeah, and making it an art form. Very much. Yeah, yeah. that would work. Um, a woman with a sleep disorder, thankfully now cured, Good. woke up to find she'd bought and paid for a full-size basketball court. So she was like... A basketball court? Yes. I mean, not just a couple of hoops. No, no, it was a full-size court that you order and it comes and you, you obviously got to have the full the ground to put it in. Yeah. Yeah. So she bought that. I mean, what on earth? That's so she, she was sort of sleep shopping. Yeah. Is that a common thing? Well, I think it is. I mean, is. I drunk shopping is, but not yeah, about sleep shopping. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. And uh, that was great to hear from uh, the, the royal couple, the ex-royal couple yesterday, wasn't it, Prince? I'm, set, I'm Prince guessing Harry. by the way you say that, you don't think it was. <laughs> well, no, not really. I, I love the quote from him. It's really tickled me. He said, I wasn't aware of so many problems in the UK and globally. That's right, because you I live th- in a castle, mate. <laughs> That's right. Might have, a lot, might have a lot to do with it. I I did, now you've got, I out there. <laughs> no, you've got out what there. What a surprise. The world's most privileged man says he didn't realise ordinary people have problems. When you walk around like the rest of us do, you'll see there are quite a lot of problems out there, but when you live in a castle and just look through tinted windows for most of your life, I then know. you'll probably find it's there isn't. incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And um, great photo in the Times. They do have a lot of wonderful photos in the paper. This is a, of Gabby Ash, an Australian um, ski jumper, yeah. who tests her nerve on a 37-metre ramp, which enables her to train all round in Brisbane. But look, she, she basically ski jumps into a swimming pool. She lands into water, yeah. I don't even think Eddie the Eagle Edwards would there. I mean... Look, she seems to be able to swim to the side wearing the skis, but you think you'd drown, wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't think. It can't be that deep, can it? Well, it's I mean, got to be fairly deep, hasn't it? If you're ski jumping into it, it can't be that shallow. Yeah, but I mean, she's not going head first into it. She's not diving into it, is she? Would she's landing that? on with the she's landing with the skis, isn't yeah. she? So it's only to practice her jumps. She's yeah. not doing. Otherwise, she'd overshoot the swimming pool. Yes, and land in the bloke's garden Clearly. behind, wouldn't she? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Norman Cook, of course, Fat Boy Slim, has told our friends at uh, Times Radio that he would like the opportunity to jazz up the uh, crowd effects yeah. we've been hearing in the stadiums with no fans there. So we thought this is something we must explore. Good afternoon, Norman. 
good afternoon. Nothing gets by you, does oh, it? Oh no, we just we 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 were straight on this because it sounds like quite it sounds like quite a good idea. I mean, what have you made of it? It's a difficult thing to do, and occasionally they get it hopelessly wrong because the person who's up there pushing the button thinks it's gone in uh, when it's gone yeah, wide. One so you get a like, one, fake cheer, yeah. then an ooh. It's a it's quite a difficult thing to do, isn't it? I, th- I think, it, it, to be honest, it's it's a gauge of how much you're enjoying the game, whether or not you start listening to the sound effects. <laughs> it's true. If, it, if it's a good game, then you kind of you're engaged and you're you know. But if it's a bit of a dull game, your mind starts to wander. Mine, obviously, given my sort of uh, history in in the sort of production area, I just start listening to how they're doing and figuring out there must be somebody sitting there with a little keyboard with like ooh ah oh, boo, and it's, uh, yeah. I've just become fascinated with it, and it's like you know, sort of the the you know the some the other day when the album were playing, they were they were singing this particular chant that we do, just at the point when we would have started doing it, and I was thinking, so you're really putting a lot of love and thought into this. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's it's just I mean, it was quite tongue in cheek that I wanted a job doing it, but obviously my DJing career is completely on hold at the moment, so there are any jobs coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was interesting the other night. It's funny you should say that about Brighton because Spurs, I thought, was the best I'd heard. I even thought it was even in the same because they, it was purpose-built. They had come on you, Spurs, and all this sort of chance. They'd obviously use the right crowd, which they don't always do normally. They, if you sort of go for a general effect, it always sounds a bit odd. Well, that's, that's, I got to wondering, is it like something centralised or do the clubs have control of their home games? Hmm. The other the other day I noticed the away supporters were louder than the home supporters on one game, so it's um yeah I mean is it you is it, who actually do you know who actually does it? I, I think they've come from most of them have come from the FIFA games. That's where the bulk of the effects have come from. I understand. So they've just they've taken them from the club specific stuff. But obviously it needs it needs choreographing as you know as you mm. said. That song starting at the, the moment for Brighton is a good example of someone with a bit of local knowledge, much like the Tottenham yeah, thing. So yeah. I think they are putting a fair bit of care into it. Uh, you can sense that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you notice the mistakes, but I'm, I'm actually loving the craft that, that, that somebody... I mean, I can only assume this, but it must be... Yeah, it's either a, an algorithm from FIFA... Mm. Or, or it's an out-of-work DJ who really <laughs> loves his own team and he's getting into the craft of backing, backing track sound effects. Yeah, it is a keyboard. I've seen, I've seen it. Somebody doing it. Well, you mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a mixing desk. I mixing think. desk. Yeah, yeah that's and so they've got. Yeah, they right, must have keyboard, like hotkeys for certain yeah. things that they can. And you yeah. want it. You want it to be instantaneous. This yeah. is the thing. And somebody's, as I said, a few times you've heard him. You've heard him go. Oh, ah, it's just you know you don't quite get the same. I found effect. myself being annoyed by the Bayern fans. Yeah. <laughs> fake Bayern fans. <laughs> you wound up by them. fake Bayern fans. <laughs> that does take some doing, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what about crowdless? Have you have you taken the effects off, Norman? What do you make of that when you listen to the game? Occasionally, I've I've gone in on the wrong channel and had it with it without the the, the the wild track. And oh no, it's it's so sad. It's 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 sad because a it sounds like a kind of fourth division game where there's thirty people there. <laughs> yeah. But b you can hear what the players are saying to each other. The worst one is when a player gets fouled. The way they scream, like you know, you, mm, yeah, yeah. you just see the way. Obviously, the way they go down is sometimes a little exaggerated. But they just scream like girls when they go down. Dan, Burnt Leno, you'd have seen this one against Brighton just post-lockdown. He got a nasty injury, and he really, I remember, that was chilling the way he was screaming and everything. But then he did have a very bad injury. Yeah. And you wouldn't normally yeah. hear that, I agree. Well, either way, whether it's faked or real, you don't really want to hear that sort of stuff. I think like children, footballers should be seen and not heard. 
Probably <laughs> right, actually. So, what, Brighton, you must be quite pleased with the way they're playing. I think they've been unlucky. They were unlucky against Chelsea, extremely unlucky against United. Yeah. And they've they've oh, looked we're, good, haven't they? We're an actual joy to watch. Yeah, I mean, we we haven't t- not still haven't nailing the results, but the way we're playing is so attractive. And Lamptey and White have just really transformed the team. And yeah, no, it's a, it, they, they, it's enjoyable thing to watch. We were talking to your fellow Brighton fan, Stephen Grant, comedian, just before the season kicked off. And I was making the point that no one was really talking about Brighton at all. They weren't saying, well, they're going to be top six. They weren't saying they're going to go down. They were just there. They just existed. And I thought, as a Brighton fan, that's a good sign because that, that, that means you're a Premier League fixture. Yeah, I, I think any any sentence that doesn't have the word relegation in it, <laughs> I'll tell you. But also, I mean, the, the only time I get a little bit annoyed is like um, like a couple of seasons ago when we were beating Man United every week and everyone was just banging on about how bad Man United were, not how good we were. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we you know, we, in our wildest dreams, couldn't hope to finish anywhere above mid-table. But we, we, we're really happy with that. You know, we've never been a, a top t- top-tier side. And we're enjoying it immensely, and we'll take whatever we're given. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think for now we're survival. I know um, the powers that be would want us to be top top ten. I don't think we'll be top six in my lifetime, but um, you live and dream. Yeah, you, you, got to. you mentioned earlier on away from the football, you know, the fact that there there's nothing going on at the moment. I see you've committed to Bestival next year, along with some other artists, and we all got a hope that the world is a bit more of a normal place by then. But it's, it's, it must be somebody who works live as much as you do. It, it's probably been a very weird time. It, it's been yeah, it's been weird, and you just have to, I know, you just have to take it on the chin. I mean, I'm under no illusions that uh, my job. There's no way you can do my job. And socially distance, we you know mm. we, we propagate exactly the opposite, the sharing of bodily fluids, and yeah. you know, so um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, so I you know I just had to take it on the chin really, and and, and find. Hence, I'm looking for for other imp- gainful employment in the meantime. We, we've got our producer has, has dug out a bit of fake Brighton chanting. Should we? Should we have oh, a yeah, listen yeah, to yeah, it? Let's have a listen. Fake in what way? Well, I don't know. Let's have a listen and find out. I'm sure I can hear Norman in there somewhere. I think yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely hear that's, that. I think that's real <laughs> chanting that we're we're using for our effects on much like the TV channels are for uh, on our game day coverage of matches. So we've been club specific as oh, well. That's good. I think you have to be, don't you? Can't yeah. just have like generic I like, I like, cheering. I, you you got my mind wandering about the idea of fake Brighton chanting. <laughs> like, what, whether it's like Tottenham fans pretending to be Brighton, just as a fake. <laughs> or <whether> it's, uh, <laughs> Produced by robots or undercover, where you start slagging off players. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would be slagging off your yeah. own players. Get out of our yeah, club. Yeah. An accurate Brighton chant would be a collective moan, really. <laughs> you see that one that always beats the traffic. Like, see you, George. Cheers, it? George. That one. All the best, George. See you next. See you in a couple of weeks. The one who has to beat the traffic with ten minutes left. It's always called George, isn't it? A bloke leaves ten minutes exactly. before the end. Uh, did you get into the stadium with in, for that limited crowd? That was it. A thousand, wasn't it? Two and a half. Two thousand. and a half thousand. Did you get in for that? No, match? I didn't. No, no. I um, I wasn't. I wasn't around. I can't remember what, what happened, but no, I didn't. Right. I, I, everyone assumes that I just got some kind of golden ticket. <laughs> like that, <but laughs> cool. I got, I'm on the waiting list, the same as everybody else. Uh, well, uh, good to talk to you, yeah, to see you back playing live soon. Are you, are you, I take it you're still making music, are you? I'm, I'm dabbling. I'm doing sort of mixtapes and live streams and things like that, but 
I'm still waiting for the difficult seventh album. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Norman. All the best. Thanks, Norman. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Andy, did you see that picture of Diego Maradona? Uh, yes, with his son. He's, him and his son are both wearing um, yeah. kind of Buzz Lightyear face masks. Okay. So I mean, you've got a new face mask that you, you oh, yeah, showed us the other day, which is very similar. It's like a welder's mask, isn't it? It's yeah. good. I've got it off. I got it off Instagram. Yeah, you do a lot of shopping on Instagram, <laughs> yeah, don't you? It's all targeted. I watched this program on Netflix last week. Oh, they're manipulating you, you know. Yeah, what was it about? It's called Social Disorder. It's fascinating. It's yeah. about how it's it's basically interviews with people who used to work for Google, Facebook, Twitter, that sort of thing. Yeah. And they basically admit what they do and how they do it. And and now they, so you think you've been targeted with that face Well, mask. you are. Everyone's targeted. That's yeah. the thing. They see what you're searching for and then, uh, you know, then they... It's a, it's a pair of glasses that become a welder's mask, yeah. effectively, isn't it? Oh, yeah. they, go, they hook behind your ears and then you put them over... <laughs> Yeah, it's a really weird look. It's not, not great. It's a bit Darth Vader I'm to steaming up. <laughs> a bit Darth Vader to broadcast. Yeah, then, it's isn't not it, right, really? really, is it? Yeah. Do I sound different? Sound like a small man really. in a box. Of course you do. Yeah, you sound, you sound like you're talking behind a perspex sheet. <laughs> so there we are. That's a great radio, isn't it? What a, so, what a great purchase. How much so, were they? Uh, I don't even know actually. It took months Eight to arrive. 99 were they? <laughs> no, I think they were more than that. Oh, okay. You can buy really... some toot on Instagram, don't I you? I do, really? really. I've noticed this before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember know, this thing that a lot of columnists do? There's a lot of people do this online. They, they, they'll they say, am I the only one? Do you know that expression? Am I the only person? Mm-hmm. And you always think, yeah, you are. Dan Wooten today said, am I the only person who thought this week's gladiatorial-style debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden was absolutely brilliant? Yes, you are the only one that <laughs> thought that. Everybody else thought it was a complete disgrace, but Absolute never mind. Car crash. They were talking of, just going back to Diego Maradona briefly, Andy. I don't know yeah. if you saw a fantastic bit of footage uh, earlier on today of him doing a post-match uh, press chat, you know, the way that everybody does, mm-hmm. with the advertising boards uh, behind him. Well, that was the idea, but because he's Diego Maradona... It's very funny, When they it? were interviewing him, <laughs> he kept walking. Yeah. So the person whose job it is to make sure the sponsor's board is behind the manager when he speaks to the press had yeah. to walk behind him, didn't he? Carrying it. <laughs> carrying it and keeping it in shot across the pitch and then one, all the time Diego was talking. He, Diego moves to the side, <clears> so the players to move yeah. to the side. It's really comical, isn't it? Yeah, dear me. Go and check it out. Yep. Uh, what else? It was nice to have Henry Winter to say how much he enjoyed the new Brentford Stadium. You oh, yeah. Said it's well, you really got your fabulous. season ticket. Well, you know, it's, oh, it's frustrating thinking they could have beaten Fulham, but there you go. Uh, it'd be nice if you're to a think, Fulham fan, obviously. Well, no, obviously not. But it'd be nice to think uh, we, we'll get in there before the end of the season. Let's hope so. <clears throat> I was looking at the forthcoming uh, marriages. Yeah. And I don't know if this bloke's a policeman, but he definitely should be. Mr. DCI Grant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your initials. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I mean, Andy, if you wanted to sort of suddenly. <laughs> Put the wind up, someone. You say, sorry, what's your name? DCI Grant. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, I won't do it again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what else have we got here? Not a lot, really. <laughs> bit quiet. Is that you done then, basically? Well, You've got like, nothing yeah, more to say. A bit quiet in the papers today, really. A lot of, a lot of all sort of poli- political stuff. Did I uh, did I do this one about the bloke in India who did a world record 147 skips in 30 seconds while wearing roller skates? What filling them? Oh, you mean I'm skipping? <laughs> okay. You imagine that? No, you did skipping in roller skates. Yeah, that's impressive. That is. I know. It's yeah. amazing, really. I don't. Especially, it's more amazing that it made the papers. But there you go. <laughs> it's more amazing that you read it out. <laughs> that's very true. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From TalkSport. Now, you may have seen a picture in the papers this morning of a uh, fine pair of uh, sneakers, a pair of Off-White X Nike Air Jordan 1 trainers from 2018, uh, and they could fetch up £2,200, they say, at Bonhams, the auctioneers. Now, a bit like we were talking to the guys at Bonhams earlier in the week about selling number plates, an LFC one that went for about 125 grand. I didn't know that they were uh, particularly in the sneakers market, but it's all part of a Pop X culture sale. Uh, next week in yeah, uh, New a lot Bond of Street, Warholish type stuff. And yeah, they've got, there's a lot of art in there and different mm. stuff, but there is about sort of 12, 15 pairs of uh, of uh, sneakers. So joining us once again, the man we often turn to when this subject comes up is the author of the Sports Shoe: A History from Field to Fashion. That is Thomas Turner. Good afternoon, Thomas. Good afternoon. How you doing? Good, thank you. Have you yeah. had a chance to check out the Bonham site yet to see what's on sale? Uh, yeah, I have. I've had a check out of the site. I've had a check out of my bank balance as well. These sort of prices they're going for, are they the kind of prices you would expect as someone who knows the market? I think some of this stuff is, there is a market out there for it and you've got prices of several thousand pounds. So it's not entirely surprising. I think the thing that's kind of insane is just the markup over what they would have cost at retail. So they've got a Dior one there, which was at £2,000 is the most expensive one at retail, and that's up for something like £20,000. But a lot of these other ones, like the one you mentioned, they were sold for, I don't know, £200, £300, and now they're being sold at auction for several thousand, so there's massive demand for them, which is these kind of crazy. particular shoes, are they box fresh? Are they unworn? I think they are, yeah. I think these are ones that have been bought and, you know, kind of laid down as though they were a fine vintage wine. <laughs> that's amazing. And, um, brought out a few years later, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, these particular ones are they quite? Are they, were they limited edition ones, which is why they've they've increased in well, the value. One's a Sky Jordan as opposed to an Air Jordan. You could explain the difference. Oh, there's <laughs> one of them that is a is is as as far as I'm aware, is one that was a, an actual shoe from the kind of the 80s. So that's an old one. 
But yeah. the vast majority of the shoes that you've got in that auction now are relatively recent collaborations with uh, streetwear brands, uh, artists, the uh, Supreme stuff, the Virgil Abloh stuff with Off-White, uh, Travis Scott, who's a rapper. And these are some of the shoes that are produced in really limited numbers, kind of, you know, a, a few hundred pairs perhaps worldwide, you know, a thousand pairs wide, worldwide. So there's an absolutely huge demand for them because there isn't the you know, the supply is pretty small. Yeah. And so that's why you've got this, um, you know, like kind of excitement around them and people just wanting them and people willing to pay vastly over the over the original retail price for them. Is it a bit like, a you know, you, you mentioned wine there and if you buy a bottle of expensive wine that costs thousands, the idea is that you, you, you never really drink it because the minute you drink it, it's worth nothing. Is that the same with these, that if you actually start wearing them, they then immediately lose value? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if you've if you've got some of these shoes and they're you know a bit knackered and scuffed and all the rest of it, they've still got a an in, a kind of inherent value in them, and somebody will want them. But they're not going to be as worth as much as a pair that's never been worn. That's a sort of box fresh pair. The weird thing about them though is is that it kind of like wine that like you can't keep them forever because they will eventually sort of disintegrate and and fall apart if you try and keep them for twenty thirty years perhaps you'll pull out a, a kind of shoe where the sole has crumbled and will no longer be wearable. Well, even if they kept them in the box, really? Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Oh, I wouldn't have thought yeah. that would happen. And I suppose, you yeah. know, in, the, in that programme that we, we watched a little while ago and we last spoke to that you were part of, talking about the sort of limited edition sneakers and, that, and this whole sort of demand and the market itself, that they are making them. They're, they're a lot greener in the processes and they're making these trainers almost biodegradable. So, so in the, this yeah, is not going to get any better, is mm. it? No, this is. A, I mean, this is one of the things that these trainer companies are all um, concerned about at the moment. Is how do you make it more sustainable, and how do you try and make them more environmentally friendly? Because there's been so much. Uh, the use of plastics is such a big thing in, in the manufacture of sneakers. How do you perhaps move away from that? How do you use recyclable or recycled materials in them? And how do you make them in a way that's perhaps um, not as um, you know, kind of socially damaging as perhaps the way they've been made in the past so yeah. they're looking at much more you know more localized production sort of more uh, on-demand production that kind of thing and you mentioned the last dance factor maybe making a spike in the market you think it has do you think that the, the collectible around jordan's has, has had a bit of a spike because of the last dance oh yeah definitely one of the things about this the the, the um, shoes that are on sale at the moment is that the ones that we've spoken about before, those are actual game-worn shoes mm. that uh, Michael Jordan himself wore. So obviously you've got this kind of provenance with them, this connection to the you know the man himself and the great sort of stardom. What you've got with these ones, though, is these are kind of building on that, but they're not actually shoes that he ever... You know, they're not shoes that he played basketball in, really. They're shoes yeah. that are kind of linked to the Jordan brand. So I think what this is actually speaking to more is just the uh, influence of street culture and streetwear and skateboarding and hip-hop and pop music and all of that kind of stuff on mainstream culture particularly on mainstream fashion um, and that's what's creating the uh, kind of desire around these shoes now well i mean obviously the, the connection to jordan and the last dance has spiked everybody's interest in it but i think there's something else going on with these particular shoes that are on mm. sale at oh. bonhams 
And the fact that they disintegrate has put me right off. I was going to, I was going to go in for it and put, <laughs> well, them, I mean, put I mean, them down as a sort. Without being too blunt, Andy, they'll probably outlast you, mate. But that's <laughs> it's just maybe not Thomas. I don't know. He might have more I of a mean, problem. You, you've got a, you're, you're talking a good number of years. I mean, you're not yeah. talking, you know, like two years down the line they're going to be falling apart. But this I is like one myself. Of the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's already happening. Yeah, that's very true. That's very interesting. There, there's one pair you said that Jordan has not worn these. He certainly hasn't worn one pair because they're a UK three, uh, size three. Yeah, it's an interesting point there. Does yeah. size make a difference? If you'll pardon the expression. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think um, so. Michael Jordan, in, like the, as a player, he wore size thirteen shoes hmm. or, and a, thir- a thirteen and a thirteen and a half because his feet were different sizes. I think when you're collecting them, I mean, I'm, most of them are the ones that are most in demand are the ones that are kind of wearable sizes, like the sort of eight, nine, ten kind yeah. of thing. And then you get the ones that either end, the, the ginormous ones and the really tiny ones, which are slightly easier to pick up, I think. Um, but if you want them just for, you know, you want a kind of artifact to look at or a thing to own, then perhaps getting it in a size that you can stick on your foot isn't going to be so important. So maybe the size threes would be a good way to get into this if you just want to collect the, like the item itself. And is there finally a bunch of collectors that you come across that you would fully expect to be involved in this auction? Are there people that that you know of that will definitely be interested in this and they'll be fighting out with other people that you know as well? I think there's a lot of people looking at it um, and I think there's a lot of people probably looking at their bank balances and perhaps thinking similar things to me that I'm just not going to be in the game for this one because it's uh, a lot of money. I think it's 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 almost interesting the way they're pitching this because the other items in the sale are all artworks. So you've got stuff by Banksy, by mm. Andy Warhol, by... Uh, you know, um, uh, Peter Blake, all that kind of thing. Um, and they're putting these shoes, they're kind of classifying them as an art product. And that's a, that's a new thing that you're seeing in sneakers and it's been developing over the last few years. But this idea that they're being made with artists, that the design is really important, that they're produced in limited numbers, like if you were getting, say, a Warhol print uh, that they only made, you know, 500 of or 50 of or something. Yeah. Uh, the shoes are on that kind of level now, and so that's why you're seeing these going into an art sale like this at Bonhams, I think. So there's a sort of shift there, or perhaps away from the kind of sneaker collector, the type of guy who would be, you know, hunting down Air Jordans or, or Nike Air Force Ones or Adidas or whatever it might be. And it's actually moving to people who are collecting uh, artwork and, uh, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. as a, you know, more, almost as an investment kind of thing. Good stuff. Good to talk to you as always. Thomas, thanks very much for joining us. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Time then to look at some of the uh, sporting TV of the week. And Martin Kellner once again joins us. Good afternoon, Martin. Afternoon, boys. You okay? Yeah, we're not too bad, thank you. Um, good, good, good. What have, you, uh, what have well, you been watching this week? Well, I won't pretend it's been a fun week. I really <laughs> no, won't. I, okay. Well, I watched that, um, not not sport, I was looking to the sport for a bit of relief, but mm. I watched that uh, ITV drama, you know, about the honour killings with uh, Keely Hawes. Oh. I mean, it was a magnificent show, but uh, no laughs in that. No, also, no, no laughs in the BBC uh, documentary about Harold Shipman. No. Um, but, I was, you know, I was talking about unnecessary warnings uh, the other week. Mm. I was looking down 
the menu of stuff that I'd recorded, and there was a program I'd recorded called The Cult That Stole Children. How an Australian cult acquired children it then allegedly starved and injected with LSD contains some scenes which some viewers might find upsetting. And I thought, some viewers? Who are these viewers that won't find that upsetting? Yeah, they shouldn't be we watching all... it. No, really. they should be locked up, to be yeah. honest. So, as relief... Very dark um, start to this week's yeah. review. Anyway. Well, yes, there's a dark well, have you not noticed how many programmes there are now on TV about, I don't know whether it's just coronavirus or what, but there's so many programmes about serial killers and so many grim stories, grim drums. There's yeah. a thing about Dennis Nielsen, which uh, I suspect you watched. Yeah, it's yeah, it was brilliant. All very well done. You know, David Tennant was magnificent in that. But it's all a bit grim. So I watched a, a, pro, a 30 for 30 documentary called 42 to 1. Brilliant. Uh, I've seen yeah, it. I've seen it's it. It's great, yeah. isn't it? Well, 42 to 1, for those who don't know, uh, were the odds when uh, Buster Douglas uh, knocked out Mike Tyson mm. in uh, 1990 in uh, Tokyo. Yeah. But I, I liked the scenes uh, at the start with uh, Buster Douglas and uh, his brother uh, Bill, mm. who were um, not as slim as you might imagine. And they're, they're outside the house where they grew up in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And there's a shot of them from the back. Uh, and you know how some people, when they get a little bit older, the, the weight goes to the stomach or it goes to the backside? In Buster Douglas's case, it's gone to his neck. It was the biggest <laughs> neck I've ever seen. On his neck. <laughs> yes, everything. I mean, well, both of them had quite fat necks, but especially uh, Buster Douglas. Now, I don't know what a 22 and a half inch collar size looks like. Wow. You'd have more idea <laughs> yes. than me, Andy, with that's your uh, back, background in gentleman's outfitting. <laughs> but it was, that's what it, it looked about, 22 and a half, anything up to 25 inches, that collar size. But it's a fantastic story. It's a, it's a really great story. He, he sacked his dad. Some people won't know this, but after mm. he'd uh, been beaten for the IBF title by uh, Tony Tucker, this was all in the run-up to, uh, uh, to the fight against uh, Tyson in uh, Tokyo. Uh, he sacked his dad because his dad, who was also a boxer, Bill Dynamite Douglas was his dad, um, who was a, much more of a ruthless boxer than uh, than uh, Buster Douglas actually, and, and he sacked him. And I was quite um, I was quite impressed with anybody who you know who can sack their. Uh, dad. I know it happens in tennis from time to time, yeah. but um, <laughs> quite a difficult conversation a bit... over a Sunday dinner, isn't it? <laughs> well, especially when your daddy's Bill Dynamite Douglas. Well, yeah. Um, but a yeah, good relationship between uh, father and son. It was a good sort of family story. Or enjoyed it very much. Nobody, but nobody, gave him even an inkling of a chance no. uh, in that. It was a bit like West Ham Wolves last uh, Sunday. <laughs> no, it was probably like, 42 to 1. They away. weren't 42 to 1. They were 12 to 5, and I did back them. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, so I was rather chuffed about that. It was it's a bit good. of light relief. And I do like, when they, when they introduce um, Mike Tyson, obviously they say, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Mm. And I'm always reminded of George Carlin's joke, which says, if it's undisputed, what's all the fighting about? <laughs> yes. Which I, a good which point. I rather like. Um, so I watched that, yes. anyway, which which was fun. Mm. Um, I'll tell you what else I watched. Uh, a thing called Mulligan. Yeah, which I think was we're going to be talking to the makers of this on Monday. Very interesting. It's on the Golf Channel, isn't it? It's on the Golf Channel, yeah. um, which is not a channel I uh, tune into habitually, but I was uh, I was told this was uh, this was a good programme. Mm. And it was. It was sort of about the redemptive, redemptive uh, power of golf if you like yeah. and if you, if you are a golfer you'll know what uh, what a mulligan is it's when you, you can you have an you're allowed an extra shot mm. 
um, but it doesn't go onto your um, onto your score sheet. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's amputee golfers basically. Um, there was one guy who was a sort of former military guy who um, was uh, there was a, an IED, you know, mm. an improvised explosive device underneath his vehicle, and uh, he woke up later in uh, in Birmingham. He was uh, amongst these amputee golfers. And he said, um, I heard this Scottish voice. I thought, I'm in hell. But it was worse. <laughs> oh, he says, it was worse than that. I was in Birmingham. Uh, so uh, there's a bit of humour in it as well. Yeah. But it, it's, um, like I say, it's about the redemptive power of golf. And it's very good. Uh, and you can tell uh, the maker that, that you uh, enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. I know it, can, it features enjoyed. like four four different golfers with their stories, doesn't it? Yeah. With diff- yes. Yeah, with, it, sounds, uh, it was a pro, wasn't it? Jack Newton, who lost his arm and then yeah. carried on playing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, Also, uh, Martin, I understand you were watching a documentary about Tracy Edwards. Tracy Edwards, The yachts woman. Yeah, because I'd not seen Tracy Edwards since the 1980s, you know, when I remembered her. It's interesting when you see these people that have complete that had a moment, a bit like yeah. uh, Andy Warhol's 15 Minutes of Fame. You know, she had that obviously in 1989 when she was in the uh, Whitbread uh, Round the World race. And uh, the program started... So she would have become a staple of the, of the reality TV scene, wouldn't she? These days, it, had she done it now... You Absolutely. kind of feel she would have ended up, had she wanted to, sort of ice skating or, or eating something unpleasant <laughs> in a bush tucker trial, but because she had that kind of fame, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting you say that because it sort of points up what a different era it yeah. was in uh, 1989 when she uh, skipped the first all-female crew to enter the uh, Whitbread Round the World race. Mm. Um, a lot of the early part of the program is sort of telling you how mushuggy the Round the World race is, which I, I'm assuming... for, the, for those that don't <laughs> mad. speak Yiddish, completely mad. Mad. Yachting is one of the strangest sports. We only oh, really see yeah. it in the Olympics, but I always say the same thing about yachting. Though but they'll go, this is a really close one. It's like a mile between the boats. <laughs> yeah, not that well, close there is that. But, I mean, the round-the-world race, as she rightly said, um, everybody is is trying to get away. Everybody's running away from something, which is she, she had a, a, an abusive, alcoholic stepdad, and that's what she was getting away from when she went into yachting. But, of course, when she first went into sailing, it was a totally male sport, and she was sort yeah. of below decks uh, cooking up fried eggs for all these uh, for all these these men um but there were a lot of shots of um how difficult that race is how ridiculous mishuggy is the word i know that race (laughs) is she was saying the ocean's always trying to kill you Uh, it doesn't take a break and there are lots of uh, lots of shots of um, of angry sea which reminded me of george costanza from seinfeld when he was angry that day my friend, the sea was angry that day, That's my right. friend. Not a marine I, biologist. No. What, what I, and if anybody's got Seinfeld on uh, on Amazon, I think they're all on Amazon Prime. Mm. I think that's about season six. Yeah. Well and one, of, one, of the, one of the great ones, I'd say. Beautifully it is one plotted. of the great ones. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, so, uh, Tracy, it, it, was a, it was a BBC4 documentary. Um, so, you know, quite wordy and everything. But, what you know, I, I'd, I'd forgotten the story, put it that way. And it's a brilliant story. Story, you know, yeah. as is, is it the year of the woman or something? I think it is. What channel Whatever is it, it always? Is. What channel? It's always what, the year of the woman, isn't it? What channel is this on, Martin? Where can we find it's uh, on, more it's on the waves? On, it's on BBC Four, okay. and uh, it's the way I'm celebrating the year of the woman. <laughs> that, yeah. That's good, Martin. Now, yes. um, are you likely to return overnight? 
Uh, There's always a chance. Yeah. There's always a chance. Last week it had problems with the internet on this show, and then it all went swimmingly at one o'clock in the morning when everybody was fast asleep, which was a bit disappointing. <laughs> but uh, hopefully it'll all, it'll all happen at uh, one a.m. to uh, six o'clock in the morning. Brilliant, Marvelous. Martin. We look forward to it. That's uh, t- tomorrow night and the night after. And we'll catch up with you next week, Martin. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. We now turn to the non-sporting TV of the week. Uh, Brighton supporting, been a bit of a Brighton day. We had Norman mm. Cook on earlier on. Can't have too much Brighton. Uh, Mike Ward joins us from the Star. Good afternoon, Mike. Oh, Miss Norman. I was just, literally, actually, just as you said that, I was writing the words Fat Boy Slim on my computer in a completely different context. Isn't really? that spooky? No, uh, we're gonna, it's going to be in the podcast because he was on good oh, yeah, form. Of course, yeah. so if you want to hear it. Yeah. I always do. Yeah, have a listen mm. back. And he was, you know, he was on very good form. He was. He talked a bit of Brighton, you'll be pleased to hear. Yeah. So, um, before we get underway, mm. I, I, I happened upon a show last Sunday morning on ITV featuring Alan Titchmarsh, but I, I think it <laughs> I was actually made yeah. for Alan Partridge. <laughs> it's called... Love. Listen to this description and tell yeah. me this wouldn't have been brilliant for Pear Tree Productions. <laughs> Love your weekend with Alan Titchmarsh. Joining Alan Titchmarsh in his barn in the Hampshire countryside, and it is, it's, it's in a barn, and he says things like, think of this as your home from home. What, a barn? Yes, a barn. <laughs> it's, it's a nicely done up barn. I'll bring you out some biscuits. But joining Alan Partridge at his barn in the Hampshire countryside are Ray Mears and Fern Britton. Yeah. Ray rustles up a campfire breakfast using bushcraft and Fern talks of her love of Cornwall. I'm not eating Ray's breakfast and be vile. <laughs> but it's it's pure Partridge. Go and check it out next oh, Sunday morning. I think I did catch a little bit of it a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, no, that's great. That's, that's my, that's that's my weekend. He with Mary Berry. Yeah. Forget, that's probably going to be on the ITV Hub. I can probably download the whole lot and binge watch that. <laughs> it's fantastic. Good luck with that. So, um, so have I got news for you. Returns yeah. tonight. Are they are they back in the studio? Now? Uh, yeah, I think so. The 60th series. So obviously the last one was very weird and and sort of had to play it by ear for a lot to a large extent, didn't it? 60th series. Yes. Wow. But it's it's odd, isn't it? We have a lot of those series that sort of come back and go away again. And uh, I mean, you know, we talk about Jules Holland, for example. That's mm. over fifty something, and you know, for sorts of different reasons. But yeah, it has been going a long while. I mean, I don't I don't know whether we felt before everything went weird, it was starting to to lose its way a bit. I I, I must admit, I'd gone off it a little bit. I just felt I haven't it was, watched it for a long. Time. I felt it was a bit tired. It's no, it's still very good when yeah. I I tune in. You know, you, the writing sharp and the ideas yeah. are good. I still think when I you think get a good I mean, lineup, it's a good show. Of yeah. course, it's recorded on a Thursday night, and of course, obviously, significant events today mean that that can't be included in in the uh, in the context of the show unless oh. they start to re-record it. Who knows? But yeah, um, it's it's going to be interesting as well, just to see how they gradually start to build it back into something resembling. Uh, the old normal, as they say. Hmm. Um, and also back tonight is Graham Norton, and they're back in the studio as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've still got hmm. guests, obviously. Uh, I mean, Jolly Parton's on from from Nashville, so she's obviously de- coming yeah, down the line. She talked about uh, she talks about her fact that she wrote. Um, obviously, she wrote "I Will Always Love You." And uh, which Whitney Houston covered, and yeah. Jolie. Apparently, she reckoned she was looking through some old demo cassettes she recorded, and she wrote those two songs within a couple of days of each other. Wow. Can you imagine if you just had one burst of creativity over like a forty-eight-hour period in your life? Yeah, you'd just you'd be made for life, wouldn't you? Just Wait, do that. I've do only had else. one burst over twenty years. <laughs> no one can remember. No, it. I, I couldn't pinpoint when it was. <laughs> no, when was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. Isn't that it? is incredible, isn't it? So yeah. much part of Graham Norton's show, though, is that interaction with him, 
working the crowd, yeah. getting yes. laughs from the crowd. Well, to be fair and getting, to, to getting Graham, the, I, yeah. I thought by the end of the series, I thought he'd come to grips with it quite well. It was a disastrous start, but we all know about those things. Yeah. It's difficult. It was technically very difficult for him. And I think people are, are, are quite forgiving mm. and have been quite forgiving because, you know, we're all making this up as we go along and, um, you know, consequently everything mm. evolves. So, you know, even these series now, which are starting to get audiences back by, you know, a few weeks down the line, hopefully they'll have changed again. So you just have to keep adjusting. Don't you? Yeah. It was fascinating to see how well Bake Off did, especially with the 16 to yeah. 34 group. And I've I've been a fan of Extra Slice for a long time. Yeah. I watched it last mm. week and Tom Allen's excellent in it. Tom yeah. Allen is brilliant. And the whole social distancing thing when he's walking around with that microphone yeah, with, with the sort of whisk on the end of it. He managed to turn something which in almost every other context is an awkward part of the programme, the whole social, and make it funny because he was sort of, you know, because he has that slightly sort of, tongue-in-cheek aloofness towards the contestants anyway it sort of accentuated the gag it didn't actually make it awkward it made it funnier um and I, yeah i just think he's the, he's the best part of that show. it does it, the only sad thing is that when he's finished doing his bit it's never quite as good for the rest of the show after that but it's still a good watch well, so it's 8 p.m channel 4 tonight you can always turn off at that point yes <laughs> i have to think i think I'd probably and you should point out times bbc one 9 p.m i got news for you as as you probably expect mm, yeah. graham norton uh, bbc one at quarter to 11 have you tonight not put in spitting image because it's not Gosh, generally it's available. Like, yeah, it's what well, it is. It's on BritBox from two. Well, no, it isn't. Yeah, obviously. but it's not because Brit. But you've got to buy that. Haven't BritBox you? is fine. Well, I think what you should do because you can get a week's free subscription. So basically, it's available from mid uh, midday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it because there was a screening which I haven't been able to get to this afternoon. That was the first one. Um, but yeah, it's you have to be a Brit BritBox subscriber. The um, audience is obviously going to be considerably smaller than the 15 million or so it used to get at its peak in the uh, 80s and 90s it was such a strange decision this to put it on there i mean it's a big show it's costing a fortune Surely yeah. you'd want as many people it's topical so you can't show it at another point you'd have thought that they'd want well, to no, this know, is obviously they want to drive subscriptions yeah, but, you know so it is it is it's strange when you bear in mind right? it's a it's an itv bbc sort of you know yeah. it, it, you, you have to compartmentalize your thinking you know as an executive to think that that's a good idea to stick it on there rather than see the bigger picture and thinking... Well, they think they've got something that is good enough to make people stump yes. up five quid a month for. So Yeah, you, yeah. You know, but I think an awful lot of people will that. probably do the seven-day free thing and try it out. Maybe, mm. you know, if, if a fraction of them stay... Then I guess you know, as long as it pays for the cost of doing the thing, then a palaver. I did that I, when I first joined it when it first came out. Yes, yeah. it is a bit of a palaver signing up and doing all that. But there you go. If you're desperate to see spinning image, you'll do that. Danny yeah. Dyer is back tomorrow night, nine fifteen. BBC One. It's the casualty slot, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I was looking at that. It's nine fifteen. Mm. The, the Wall. This is the game the show, wall. the second series of the of the of his game show, which I, I can't say. I, I, you know, I'm going to be tuning into, but it's uh, it's not. I'm sure, it's normally on about seven o'clock. But then, of course, you've got Little Mix, the search at seven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Know, so putting together so that what? Go, uh, that they're goes searching on. for Little Mix I don't <laughs> no, know where they've gone it goes but... on for 2 hours and 15 minutes is it Little is Mix it? the search uh, no not? no there's something go... in between there no strictly the best of musicals in between oh, the okay. compilation of the best moments from the, uh, the The Wall this is not is this a new series of something he's done before it's yeah, a yeah, game yeah. show isn't it's it? a game show yeah and, uh, with, and, and there is a wall in it it's a bit it's not like Bring on the Wall no it's not the one that Goffey did when he was in that Savaloy skin those sort of shiny outfits it's predominantly based on the classic piece Floyd album. No, it's not really. Um, <laughs> it's just Danny talking his, it through track by track. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't miss yeah. that for the world. I, Angela Rippon asked the questions. Of course. Right? Yes. Okay, yes. Interesting. Good gig. Yeah. What a mm. weird show. I've not. I've not watched it. Is it? Is it good? Is it? Is it? 
It's I've sat and watched it, it for sound a, good. I've yeah. sat and watched it for a little while and put it this yes. way. Uh, I put it at the top of the list of Saturday, October the third choices with little mix and strictly the best of musicals. Uh, it's it's a thin weekend in okay. that respect. Yeah. On, on Sunday though, Top Gear's yes. moved to BBC One. I often wonder what sort of difference this makes because it, basically it's pushing another button on a remote, but I've it's surprising fa- it's surprising that they get more uh, viewers yeah, on automatically BBC One. do. I don't know what that it is. It is a very straight... Well, it's the same as, we, you know, we talked about Bake Off earlier on. The figures that they, they got this week were the highest they've had since it was moved from Channel 4... Uh, uh, to, sorry, to Channel 4, from BBC One, where and previously to BBC Two. But it does make a difference. It's almost as if... You know, for all this talk of, you know, binge watching and streaming and personal choice and not being shackled to the schedules, people come home, switch the ch- telly on on one channel and put the remote in the corner and just leave it. And uh, you know, I do, uh, maybe that's what we do. I, I guess I do to some extent, if I'm honest. Sometimes I just put it, and it's just a noise. You know, so this idea that we're all incredibly selective is is probably true in a lot of cases. But sometimes, you know, it's just a noise in the background. And if you like BBC, yeah. BBC One, and that's that's your habitual viewing platform, maybe you just stick with it regardless. So New Five, it's the same lineup with Chris Harris and uh, Paddy McGuinness yeah. and Freddie Flintoff. Chris Harris, actually, to be fair to the guys, I always feel he's the guy who hold, who really holds it together. Yeah. He's he's the sort of he, he's the nuts and bolts that keeps the whole thing going because uh, Freddie Flintoff and Paddy you know obviously they're great in what they do but you know I, I feel as if it would be flimsy mm. if it was just relying on them shall we say okay, okay. so that's mm-hmm. uh, Sunday night 8pm on BBC One Mike always a pleasure we will catch up with you next week have a good weekend the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport there we are that was this afternoon show we'll do it all again on Monday until then have a great weekend and thanks for listening you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on Talk Sport even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.